Good morning, Four Oaks Church. It's Pastor Paul, bright and early this Monday morning, August 29th. Can you believe that uh, Labor Day is coming up and we're about to leave summer in the rearview mirror? I mean, theoretically, maybe not experientially, as we head into the fall. If you've stumbled onto this time, you've never joined us, um, these are pastoral devotionals that we do every Monday through Friday, 8 to 8.15. Um, this season, we're calling them Romans Rewind. That's because we're coming back behind the passage that we preached about from the previous Sunday and picking up different pieces and themes and ideas and verses and unpacking them in more detail. And because Four Oaks is preaching through the book of Romans, of course, um, we're um, doing the same here um, on this Monday morning. So we've been in Romans 11, and I want to read the passage from yesterday, and then I want to use today, this morning, to introduce us to what I want to talk about throughout the course of this week, picking up on a theme that um, is laid out here in Romans 11, the theme of assurance or perseverance. And let me read the passage and then jumpstart us into this discussion. Romans 11, chapter, uh, verse 11. So I ask, did they stumble in order that they might fall? By no means. Rather, through their trespass, salvation has come to the Gentiles so as to make Israel jealous. Now, if their trespass means riches for the world, if their failure means riches for the Gentiles, how much more will their full inclusion mean? Now, I am speaking to you, Gentiles, inasmuch then as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I magnify my ministry in order somehow to make my fellow Jews jealous and thus save some of them. For if their rejection means the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance mean but life from the dead? If the dough offered as first fruits is holy, so is the whole lot. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. Now, here is the section that we really are interested in this week. But if some of the branches were broken off and you, although a wild olive shoot, were grafted in among the others and now share in the nourishing root of the olive tree, do not be arrogant toward the branches. If you are, remember, it is not you who supports the root, but the root that supports you. Then you will say branches were broken off so that I might be grafted in. That is true. They were broken off because of their unbelief, but you stand fast through faith. So do not become proud, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, neither will he spare you. Note then the kindness and the severity of God. Severity towards those who have fallen, but God's kindness to you, provided you continue in his kindness. Otherwise, you too will be cut off. And, and even they, if they do not continue in their unbelief, will be grafted in, for God has the power to graft them in again. For if you were cut from what is by nature a wild olive tree and grafted contrary to nature into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these, the natural branches, be grafted back into their own olive tree? Okay, so on one hand, we have Romans 8, which is this magisterial assurance of faith for believers. Paul talks to us in that chapter about the golden chain of salvation. We've mentioned that many times. It's this idea that those God has called and predestined, he is faithful to then justify, sanctify, and glorify. Nothing can change that. Then you have verses like Romans 8.1, 
for therefore, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We even see Paul in that chapter saying things like, nothing can separate us from the love of God. And so what we have in that chapter is, is this crown jewel of assurance that believers know that ultimately their assurance, their future, their eternal life is not ultimately dependent upon them. It's ultimately dependent upon God. He is the one that that brings people home to him. He's the one that justifies. And so using the language of Philippians 1, what, what Paul is confident that God has begun, he is confident that he will carry to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And this is most certainly what the people in the church in Rome needed to hear. They needed in turbulent times, troubled times, to know that their salvation is not something that ultimately they are in charge of, meaning it's not about their good works. It's not about how much, how, how much righteousness they present before God. It's not as if God gets to the end of the time and weighs somebody's works against somebody's um, wicked deeds and makes a judgment determination in that sense about who is worthy to come in. Those who are justified, place their faith in Christ, have absolute assurance of salvation. So, so saying all that, then we have to think through why in the world does Paul issue this warning in Romans chapter 11? And I want to read it again just so that we feel the force of it, okay? For if God did not spare the natural branches, neither will he spare you. Note then the kindness and the severity of God, severity towards those who have fallen, but God's kindness to you, provided you continue in his kindness, otherwise you too will be cut off. And so so when we hear passages like that, in light of Romans 8 and the other rock-solid foundations of assurance we have in the scriptures, we, we have to wrestle. We have to try to understand what's going on here. We know scripture doesn't contradict scripture, but we do know scripture interprets scripture. And I'm not going to be able to say everything about this in the next, well, how, much, how much time we have left, eight minutes. That's why we have the whole week. What I want to do this morning is to show us, number one, that that this is not an isolated instance of, of Christians, professing Christians, being warned. And that, that, that's the first, I want to look in other places where that happens in the Bible. And number two, I want to talk about why this is necessary from the scripture writer's perspective. Okay, so a couple passages just to, just to point you to. If you flip over to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, now we're talking about the warnings that we have in Scripture directed to Christians. First uh, Corinthians 15, 1. Now, I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. So once again, there is another, another warning. If you stand fast, you will be saved. If you don't, you won't. 
and to our naked ears, that sounds an awful lot like work salvation. That, 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 that sounds conditional. If I do good today, Pastor Paul, God's with me. If I do bad, he's going to abandon me. Um, flip over to Hebrews. I think it's possible to make the case that the entirety of Hebrews, the pastoral purpose, is a warning, okay, is a, um, is a provocation to the Christians there to not walk away, but in fact to persevere in their faith. And so, um, and there are some pretty severe warnings in Hebrews, all right, I'm just going to pick out, pick out one, one. You see constantly throughout the, the Hebrews, we see this in chapter four, chapter five. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden his hearts. That's, that's, a, that's a constant refrain. But let me look at Hebrews three, um, verse 12, just for a moment and following. Hebrews three twelve. take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. As it is said, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. And so there it is again, a warning that we do come to share in Christ if, there's the condition, we we endure or persevere to the end. Lots to say about this, but let me address one specific situation um, or context that I think helps us understand the warnings of Scripture. So when I get up, for example, on a Sunday morning, and I'm addressing the church, okay, Four Oaks Church, um, I am speaking primarily to believers, and I'm assuming that they are believers. Yet, we know, I know, that not every adult in that room is a believer, okay? Maybe they grew up in the church. Maybe they say they're a believer. Maybe they've even been baptized. But we know that not, not everyone in that room is truly regenerate, right? Um, statistically, we know it. Um, by experience, we know it. But we also know it primarily by the word of God, that there are those who perceive themselves to be, maybe they know they're not, they might even be pretending, they might even be deceived about who they are, but there's not a trusting knowledge and faith in Jesus Christ. In fact, is this not exactly what Paul says, okay, turn back again to Romans 9, when he says, Romans 9, 6, for it is not as though the word of God has failed, for not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel. In other words, there is an Israel within an Israel. There is the outward Israel that professes faith, that, that worships God, but then there are those within Israel who are, have truly placed their faith in Christ. Same thing today, same thing as then. So because of that, and because the scripture writers, while inspired by the word of God, inspired by the Holy Spirit of God, are not, are not, are not omnipotent. They're not omniscient. They don't know um, people's hearts, okay? Only that person and God knows a person's heart. I don't know people's hearts, right? And so this is why it's very appropriate 
to speak to groups of Christians in these sort of warnings because it is a grace. It's a grace to those who may be deceived about who they are. It is a it is a grace to those who might be playing a religious game. It might be a grace to those who think that salvation is is merely a walk down the, an aisle, a, a prayer to pray, but there really being no ongoing trust and faith on their behalf towards their Savior Christ. So. Because we ultimately don't know people's hearts. In fact, it will wait till the end of time, right? When God will separate the wheat and the tares, the sheep and the goats, that we will truly know the condition of someone's heart. But in this life, we are very appropriate always to be speaking to the people of God, on one hand, giving them the assurances of the gospel and faith in Christ, but exhorting them to perseverance, okay, to not fall away, because in that group, we know that there are those who don't have a saving knowledge, and the hope is that through these warnings, they wake up through the power of the Spirit to say, oh, wait a minute, I need Jesus. Oh, wait a minute, I'm I'm presuming upon my salvation. Oh, wait a minute, I am... Um, I'm not walking in the fear of the Lord. In fact, my, my heart is very hardened to him. And we know that once God regenerates a heart and justifies a believer, a sinner, then that person's life will begin to change. And if there is not change over a prolonged period of time, then the warnings of Scripture become very applicable. And that's where we're going to pick it up tomorrow morning. All right. Hope you join us then. This was our introduction. We'll dig into this topic more detail tomorrow. Lord, we believe that every person who hears these warnings, who knows you, clings to you. Lord, if there are those that we know that are presuming upon their salvation, who have not who truly had a changed heart, that you would use these warnings this morning to pierce them, to draw them to yourself. So, Lord, in all these things, we look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. See you tomorrow.